What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Noman. We are literally counting down the days till the start of the NFL season at the Action Network. The number today is 37. 37 days until the NFL season starts, until gambling comes back in full force for the majority of the country, until more people than ever get to take advantage of legalized sports betting during the NFL season. That's why I have Simon Hunter, who's a professional better, joining me. He is my co-host. He is my BFF. He is my companion. We got a massive, massive slate of subjects today. Simon and Samantha Praviti, who is one of our senior analysts covering all things fantasy, all things NFL. She's got a lot of notes that she wanted us to talk about today. We're just going to read them back to her and see what she has to say before we get to that. Simon, how are you? Good, Chad. I'm, I'm so glad she's here. But even Actually, now I'm thinking I probably shouldn't be because she's probably going to side with you. Chad, we, we have to talk about something. You have a problem. I have a problem? Yeah, dude, you do. And dude, I realized that- I have no idea what's coming right now. We talked for, I think I've talked to you four times in the last two weeks. Somehow TikTok- has come up in the conversation all four times. Chad, this is a big worry for me, okay? As someone that saw the death of Facebook by older people, I see it coming. I see you talking about TikTok. I saw someone's grandma talking about TikTok, and I'm just thinking to myself, is this the end? Is this... Because I just only got on there. And I do feel creepy, because I'll be watching a cooking video, and the next video will be some like 15-year-old girl dancing, and I'll be like, oh, God. And I have to keep scrolling. So it is a weird place as someone that's in their 30s to be, but it's appealing. It's just videos of music and like words. It's it's an easy website, but you're obsessed. I'm, I'm like we were in a meeting, all hands, and you said you were looking at TikTok the whole time, and I believed you. I thought to myself, I believe Chad is probably watching TikTok right now. So, so I just have to know, Chad, how deep in to TikTok are you? Oh, I'm deep, brother. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, Samantha Praviti. I uh, one of the reasons we we learned who she was and discovered her was because she was so good at doing fantasy on TikTok. And and I'd love to bring her in to have this conversation as soon as I answer. Um, I would say I started doing it mainly because I kept hearing about it as sort of a media professional. And then I got nervous that the Chinese were stealing my information because that's what everyone kept saying. Like, it's a Chinese app and like they're using the data. And I'm like, what? And so then I just sort of like <laughs> wasn't using it for a while. And then I got back into it and I freaking love it. Um, I think it's funny. I think it's informative. Uh, I think that what some media outlets are doing there. Uh, is amazing. And the way people are using it to communicate, share stories, advance information, translate things is really, really smart. I'm thinking a lot about what I want Action Network's TikTok strategy to be. And I think I've narrowed down what what 
we could really do well with on TikTok. And it's also, it's entirely different than the other social mediums. And I think a lot of other places might think, oh, I can just repurpose this and put it on TikTok or repurpose that and put it on TikTok. And you can't, you really got to think about creatively, how is it different than all the other social platforms? I don't think it's like Facebook, Simon, in that Facebook became toxic and silly and annoying and, I think it's harder for TikTok to do that because it's a little bit like Instagram in that it's a better combination of what's personal, how to entertain, how to inform without layering in like layers and layers and layers of what your personal feelings are that you can write down in many, many paragraphs that become cringeworthy. Um, can you write comments on TikTok? Yes, you yeah, can. So right, with the, right there, Chad. Everything you just said is not true. People are just mean. It's the internet. So no, no, no. I, but the, here's the difference. I know you're saying here's, no, Simon. Here's the difference. Of course, people can write comments, and of course, they're going to be mean. But it's not the creator of the content, like giving me a diatribe about Trump or about <laughs> Obama or about Biden or about vaccinations or about their liberties. Um, it's someone, if someone has an opinion on it, they're doing it in a way that is cheeky and superficial and is easy to swipe right through. Um, so I find it to be a great medium. Also, I find it to be an incredibly fun, just total empty, vapid time suck. Uh, beyond all these sort of high-minded strategic opportunities. Samantha, weigh in here, please. Yeah, I totally agree with you that one, it is an absolute time suck. I think my screen time notification every week, I just like, I don't even want to look at it because I know it's like eight hours a day on TikTok or something like that. But uh, it is easy to consume a ton of content all at once. I think what you said in terms of like the, the way the platform is built so differently from Facebook, where Facebook, you see a lot of the same posts from like the same people. Whereas like in on TikTok and Instagram, you're seeing a lot of different content all at once. And then the algorithm really does learn your, your preferences and stuff. And it doesn't over-personalize, I think, which I think is a really nice balance for them to strike. Uh, so no, I don't think it has become like chuggy, quote unquote, but I do think um, it has changed a little bit. Like it was peak pandemic when everyone was at home doing these like high production TikToks because no one had anything better to do. Like see me, that's why I literally made my TikTok account was because I was bored. So I think it's shifted a little bit, but now it's everyone's out in the world and traveling and showing really cool things. So I think like uh, the content has shifted a little, but I don't think it has, you know, passed its prime or anything like that. So you don't think Chad's going to kill it? I, Cause I do. I like, I like Facebook. <laughs> I'll just never forget. My buddy's mom added me. Um, I want to say it was like 2010, 2011. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is how it's going to end, because it's just weird when it's like you're blacked out with your friends and then your buddy's mom likes your picture. It's just a, it starts becoming very strange. So it's hey, funny you don't have the fear that Chad's going to kill another app. Let me ask something, Simon. <laughs> Do you feel like a company that is trading at 
$351 a share that has a market cap of $990 billion and is used by literally someone in every corner of the globe is dead? I don't think so. I just think the demographics of that particular product have changed. And there are still plenty of people who use it for a variety of utilitarian reasons. And you happen to be someone who doesn't want to use it for personal reasons because you don't want to share stuff on there. You think it's going away. It's not what it used to be, but it's evolved into something that's entirely useful for other people who are maybe older, but still represent a huge swath of uh, the world's population. I don't use Facebook. I think it's crap. I haven't been (laughs) on there in years and I never wanted to use it to begin with. And I'm not even like a user of TikTok. I'm barely using Twitter these days. But um, I do think TikTok's a fascinating way to share information, and it's not going anywhere. Even I can't kill TikTok. I just love hearing dudes in their 50s say TikTok. It's like, yeah, I saw that on TikTok. I'm just like, oh, my God, what is happening? I think there's a lot of old people on TikTok. I think you'd be surprised at like. That's that, my whole point. Yeah. That's, it's creepy. That's what I'm trying to get across. To yeah, you. but it's like just, I, I'm weird. not getting I'm not getting 50 year old, 15 year olds in my feed. I'm getting comedy i'm getting news <laughs> i'm getting sports uh like i get like the the dancing like on a, on the rare occasion uh that's one of my favorite parts that's how i hear new music so like i'm gonna have to i have to come across this 15 year olds. there's nothing i can do about it but i just remember thinking to myself i feel weird in my 30s i can't imagine like an old dude you hit one of these 15 year olds just like oh god this is so weird it's just a weird app uh i it well it's 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 weird until you get used to it and no, then, i like it and I'm then for that sense and then you realize you finished doing something at 128 and you're recording <laughs> a podcast at 130 and you're like i got two minutes let me see if there's anything fun on tiktok which by the way is exactly what happened you ready to do it let's roll brother uh we do have a lot of nfl to talk about we will end we will end with the hall of fame game okay. uh because somehow that is happening this week. And before we get to the Hall of Fame game, uh, we got to start right now. We got to start with Carson Wentz, Simon. And Samantha, I will come to you after this. But anyone who has been listening to this pod, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before we do that, I do want to make a comment because um, uh, a tweeter named John Doe, uh, J-O-H-N, D-O-H, sent me a comment that I thought was really smart and we should do this. And, and Matt Mitchell, I sort of, I made a note about this in our Slack chain this morning, but we should do this because it's really smart. Uh, we, we've been bouncing around. Like we've done season win totals, uh, overs for the over-unders for the AFC, for the NFC. And we, the way you broke it down was kind of disorganized. We actually haven't done any kind of, since the season ended to now, full roundup, full recapture of how we think teams have improved. Um, A team-by-team breakdown from last season to now, John Doe says we should do that. I kind of agree. And I think we should do that division by division. So we will start doing that, I believe, on Thursday. Is that right, Matt Mitchell? That's the plan. All right. John Doe, good suggestion. You are not being ignored. Uh, We will start doing team-by-team since the end of the season to now. Breakdowns um, on Thursday. We're getting deep into the NFL. Uh, Carson Wentz, Simon, you and I have been talking about the Colts season win total of over 10, 10 and a half since Carson Wentz signed. Boy, oh boy, that's money. We're going to start burning, huh? 
Yep, already lit it on fire, Chad. Uh, it's dead. That, that's basically one of those where there's few quarterbacks in this league that needed a preseason more with their team and just to get right and get their head right than Carson Wentz. So, like, on my list, it's him and Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow's coming off a big knee injury after his first year. I feel like preseason is huge for Joe. Joe hasn't missed anything. He's been back since the start of it. Carson Wentz, he had two really good practices. I mean, I think most people, if you're following along, Carson had an incredible cross-body throw that it just looked like old Carson Wentz deep downfield. And then we see what happens. The guy is, I don't want to say he's unlucky, but he's definitely injury prone. I mean, at this point, this many seasons in, he keeps getting little injuries here and there. Um, And then Quentin Nelson, like an all pro guard, he has the exact same injury. He's on the same thing. He just had the same surgery five to 12 weeks. So the Colts right now, they're taking on so much water, Chad. I mean, literally like I'm burning these tickets and I'm, I've already bought out for a decent penny, and I'm going to put into the action app after the show. I'm in on Tennessee now, minus 120 for the division on our friends at FanDuel. It's just one of these simply that I just thought the Colts and them, the Colts had a bigger advantage where they were a more complete team. They had a better defense. And with Carson Wentz, who I believe in, and we all know Chad does not like Carson Wentz. He does not believe in him. So Chad Chad was right on this one where I I drank the Kool-Aid and I had high hopes, but they're given a timetable of five to 12 weeks, which five weeks is week one. That's great. But we know what this is. I mean, Samantha can talk about it. It feels like this is going to be an eight to nine weeks at the earliest. And then who really knows what his fantasy value or even his season value is Carson Wentz. So everyone on that team, Jonathan Taylor, all these guys are just taking hits in the fantasy world. So I'm going to hear what Samantha has to say about all that. Yeah, that timetable is pretty wide. It goes from week one to week seven. So that's a really wide range of outcomes in terms of a return for him. Uh, 2024th rounder Jacob Eason was getting first team reps in Wentz's absence. Uh, It doesn't look like they're necessarily going to sign anyone at this point. Uh, They did sign former Packers backup Brett Hundley. So like adjust your rankings accordingly. Just kidding. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, it, it's likely that Eason is an even further downgrade for this offense. Uh, so I'm not high on any of the pass catchers. That's Michael Pittman, T. Mike Hilton, Paris Campbell. They were all consensus ranked below top 50 receivers in fantasy to begin with. So they were bench capital at best. So they're going to carry even less value um, and only really worthy of consideration in the deepest leagues. I think that with like the passing game though, being held together with spit and glue, I think they may be forced to lean more on the run game. Uh, That could sort of help Jonathan Taylor, though he's already a projected first round pick. So I don't think I'm moving him around too much. Um, It could help guys like Naheem Hines, who's a pass catching running back. If they're going to go on the more conservative passing side and do a lot of like short dump off passes, I could see him getting a lot of targets. He had 63 catches last year, which is third most in the NFL among running backs. Were you Samantha, a buyer and believer in Carson Wentz in your projections before the injury? I was not. No, I I think what we saw last season when he was getting benched is more of what I think we were going to see in Indianapolis. And I wasn't super high on him. And that win total now is nine and the under is minus 125. So Vegas definitely doesn't have a lot of faith in us speedy return for once or anything like that there is going to be value they're going to get slaughtered these first couple of weeks like they have a brutal schedule and the fact that their quarterback is Eason is just I mean it's th- that's what I'm saying like these 
it's brutal. Like we're going to talk about other quarterbacks with injuries, but it's just one of those where it's, this is the worst thing that could happen for the Colts. So for me, I, I'm, I'm going to be in on the Colts where, you know, come October, I'm probably going to be taking some of the, a little bit of for them to win the division, different things like that. Cause I still think this is the most complete team in this division, but man, the, when the, when the injury bugs hit a team like this early in the preseason, it just kind of sets up for the whole season. So it's just giving me a lot of pause right now on the Colts. Simon, I am so not looking forward to week five when the Colts have played better for about two weeks, but they've still lost after getting blown out in the first two weeks. And you're looking at your numbers and you're saying to me, Chad, the BBB of the week (laughs) is going to be the Indianapolis Colts plus seven against somebody. And I'm going to be like, what? And then I'm going to have to go on Colin's show and I'm going to have to convince him that the Colts are the right side. And he's going to be like, what? And then we're going to have to come back on the favorites after talking about the picks that I made Colin pick. And we're going to have to convince ourselves still that the Colts are the right side. I, uh, I know it's, it's, it's literally the worst chat, but this is how we win, baby. Uh, you mentioned other quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott's got a little bit of a shoulder thing. I don't think that worries me very much. Um, because I'm not a buyer in the Cowboys either way. The Stafford thing is really interesting to me. Injured thumb. I don't know how serious it's going to be. I don't know the extent of the injury. Samantha, maybe you're keeping track of that. Um, But this Simon speaks to the heart of your disagreement with me about the value on the Rams or the Niners in what I think we can both agree might be the best division in football. Give me the Niners, Samantha. What's the latest on Matthew Stafford's thumb? Yeah, so he hit his surgically repaired thumb. That was his left thumb and his helmet yesterday in a freak accident. In- initially, Sean McVay was saying that they don't know anything. They think he'll be okay. The latest is that he has a swollen thumb. X-rays were negative. He will likely miss a few days, but nothing major. And this is a guy that, you know, really before that major injury in, I think, 2019, he hadn't missed any games. And I don't think this is necessarily like a huge deal. So it's like a one out of 10 on the worryometer. No, I mean, I don't wish ill on anybody, but... I would like the Niners to have a better year than the Rams. Yeah, that was definitely scary. As someone that is like, I haven't put a lot of money into the Rams, but I am the I am a believer they're the best team in that division. So I was like, of course, like this is what's happening right now. I'm turning into pure mush. I mean, we didn't even talk about it. I forgot to bring it up last week. Chad, I don't know if you know this. I hit up Matt Mitchell when the Suns were up two, nothing. And I had made a bet that I talked about on the show Way back on June 8th, I talked about taking Chris Paul to win MVP at 40 to 1. I literally have Matt Mitchell. I go, hey, man, get this video ready for when the Suns win. Right now, you can find really good value on FanDuel on the MVP of the finals. So Chris Paul, 40 to 1. So I feel like that's pretty good value. If they're going to win it all, it's going to be because of Chris Paul. He just seems like he's facilitating that old team. And of course... The Bucks go on to win the next four games. So I'm slowly turning into mush, Chad. So, yeah, a team that I've been talking about a little bit. It's Against, again, it's not good. We got a guy, Stafford, that's on a new team. They're hoping it's just a couple of weeks. You know, the swelling will go down, then they'll be able to really figure out from there. But like Samantha just said, it's his surgical repaired hand. He literally just banged the hand on a guy's helmet, which is one of the worst things you can do. So scary, but it sounds like, yeah, we dodged a bullet there. He, may, he might only be out for a week or two. 
Are there any injuries right now? We're talking about Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Any injuries, Samantha, that you're looking at from a fantasy point of view that are making you think about how you're rating players or looking at potential sleeper opportunities in the backups to these guys? Yeah, Amari Cooper's is... I think a moderate concern at this point, he's consensus ranked as wide receiver 14. So you're using a lot of draft capital to get him. He's likely your wide receiver one. That's two spots below CD lamb. Now, now those guys were like dead even. And I think Cooper had the edge earlier in the off season. And now it's kind of dropping because he has yet to be activated from the pup list while still rehabbing from a minor ankle surgery. Mike McCarthy says he likes the like progress being made, but it's, hard to kind of trust coach talk at this point. Um, This could obviously open the door for Lamb to truly break out and establish himself as the wide receiver one if Cooper ends up missing time. Or even if he doesn't miss time, he has a little bit less explosion, something like that. I think that this really skyrockets Lamb's uh, value at this point. And then Michael Gallup is another guy who (laughs) is one of my favorite later round sleepers this year. And he could definitely have more value. He caught... 843 yards last year is the Cowboys wide receiver three. So if we're going to see some kind of decline from Cooper, um, I think Gallup could see a bigger role. Do we do Gallup is one of those guys who's fascinated because he's got such good hands and seeming to make every catch. Is he a guy who becomes less effective if he gets more time? No, I don't think so. I think we've seen him be effective when he had a larger role in this offense. So I think when you're drafting him at like wide receiver 50, he's going to pay off at his ADP. So that's all you're kind of looking for in drafts, right? To like make sure they pay off where they're relatively drafted. I don't think Gallup is a better receiver than Cooper or anything like that, but I'm not reaching for Cooper. Simon, do you have any thoughts or concerns on injuries before I move on to our next rapid fire topic? Yeah, if we're just talking fantasy-wise, I've been staying away from Saquon. Um, Just everything I look at, like a lot of stuff goes into fantasy, obviously, and somebody's going to talk about that. But for me, for running backs, I I need a guy that's going to catch the ball. That's really how you max out a running back's value. Like, you can go back and look. Derrick Henry had one of the best running back seasons ever. I think he was the third highest rated running back. Like, it's, it's one of those where if you don't catch the ball, you're not really adding value. And we've seen the Giants. They've added Kenny Galladay. So they have another pass catcher who's going to get the ball. And Saquon's not 100% back yet. Like, they're talking about he might miss week one or two. So he's one of these guys where I'm not taking him in the first round or the end of, like, the very beginning of the second round. He's kind of a guy I've been letting drop. So I saw they just signed another running back, the Giants. It's just making me more worried about Saquon. So he's a guy I've definitely not been drafting. I am shocked to hear you talk about fantasy. I don't – I try not to get in that lane because I know that's, like, people's, like – that's their career and, like, they need to do it. But – no one else gave out Justin Jefferson ranked 21 or Justin Herbert in their top 20 quarterbacks last year. It's just what I do, Chad. So people want my fantasy stuff. I, I'm going to send some stuff out. But yeah, I definitely that's not my lane because it's more like I just have the data and the numbers. So like hell if I knew Justin Jefferson was going to be a top 20 receiver last year. But my data said he was going to be insanely good. So that's the reason I gave that out. So, yeah, I, I definitely have rankings, but I would not call myself a professional fantasy player. I mean, Justin Jefferson, shit. Like, I looked at FanDuel the other day to because I want to make a bet on who would have the most uh, receiving yards for the season to leave the league. And he was the, the second shortest odds behind Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley, by the way, 
I think a couple months ago it was 12 to one. And now he's down to six to one. Our that old said, friend Matt Freeman gave that out, I believe, on our show. Who's that? <laughs> I forget. Yeah, not familiar with that. Kidding, kidding. Matt Friedman went to fade the noise. Matt Friedman, the first person that ever uh, called Samantha Praviti on behalf of the Action Network. So we owe him that much. There we go. What a guy. Uh, yeah, I am similarly <laughs> concerned about Barkley. Uh, he tore his ACL in week two of last year, which to me seems like the appropriate timeline for a return the next year. And it is very concerning that they're already saying early on, like this was early July that they were saying like, they're not sure about a week one return. So he's a guy that's definitely been dropping in drafts a lot. And plus that offensive line is still not up to par and that could certainly hurt his value. Also expose him to more injuries and, just in general, like I don't think the Giants are necessarily going to be a team that's super, super competitive. So they might not, you know, want to give him 300 carries this year. So it's um, it's definitely a risky play. You're, you're saying Danny Dimes can't bring the Giants back to domination? Uh, that doesn't sound at all like something that is in reality because that is going to be an amazing team because that is a team that Simon and I needed to cover in the last game of the year against the Cowboys. And despite fumbling after securing the game clinching first down, then recovering the fumble, they did what they had to do. Huge expectations for the Giants. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's just sarcasm. And now a word from our favorite sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new users up with an epic summer games bonus. Just place your first bet of at least $10 on any summer games, sports, and get a $100 bonus. Bet at least $20, and you'll get a $200 bonus. That's a bonus of up to $200, regardless of the outcome of the bet. To get you started, here's my pick. Hope you're sitting down. It's the USA men's basketball team to win the gold. But remember, you'll get the bonus on any summer games event, baseball, basketball, soccer, track and field, and more. When you place your first bet of $10 or more now until August 8th. Promotions like this are just one of the reasons why I love betting with America's number one sports book. I also love how easy to use FanDuel it is. That it's safe, that it's secure, and how I can get paid out in as little as 24 hours so download the FanDuel Sportsbook app with promo code FAVORITES and go for the gold today. That's promo code FAVORITES. Must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. A minimum bet $10, maximum bonus $200. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and Virginia. Or visit www dot one eight hundred gambler dot net in West Virginia. All right, one of the biggest debates that Colin Cowherd and I had this past week on his podcast. He is a big believer in the under on the Broncos season win total. I, I am agnostic. My argument was, I am not going to feel passionate about that one. I th I think there are so many that we can feel good about, and the Broncos, the quarterback battle, Luck versus Bridgewater. I kind of feel like Bridgewater is going to win. And if he does, it gives him a better chance to be over their season win total. How are you handicapping the quarterback battle 
in Denver. Simon, you're first. I mean, of course, you know, we're hoping it's Teddy Covers that wins that job, Chad. I mean, we love Teddy Covers. Um, It's heartbreaking. The Broncos, I had them great out as a top four defense right now, and they can move into my top three. I'd like like to get more data on them and see how they do this year. But this is just a team on paper that at every position they are stacked. I mean, their wide receiving core is just – it's incredible how good their offensive weapons are. And – just from watching the film last year with Locke, he's just one of these guys that he was terrible most games. Then in the fourth quarter, he'd wake up and throw for maybe two or three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But it's one of those where they're not really going to um, – I can't see them letting that go. Where I, I thought Teddy was going to be the quarterback. He was going to win this job pretty easily. But the more I read from these Denver guys, it, it's like the beat writers, it just seems like they're really going to give it to Locke. Like Locke really has to lose this job. So I, I, it's one of those where I'm uh, – I, I, I was going to make a, I was going to bet a decent amount on Bridgewater to be the week one starter. Now I'm not touching it because I, I do think it's going to be in lock because it just seems like he's the guy they've invested in. And they brought Teddy in just to kind of give him competition to see if they can make him a better player. Samantha, what are you seeing as someone who is living in the area? Yeah, it seems like the beat writers are going back and forth in terms of one has a good day and then the next one has a good day and then other one has a good day. And it really just feels like it's going to be a battle. Vegas obviously thinks so too, because they're tied at plus 120 um, to take the first QB snap at this point. I mean, they're just totally different players and have totally different skill sets. Bridgewater has that game manager aspect while Locke is much more of that gunslinger. I think Bridgewater will keep them more competitive and gives them a better shot at, you know, hitting the over on the win total, which is 8.5. I think in terms of fantasy, Bridgewater will probably be better for certain aspects. I think Cortland Sutton has a better rapport with Drew Locke, but for guys like Jerry Judy and Noah Fan and probably the running backs, I think Bridgewater is going to be the better bet. Sorry to answer you, Chad. Uh, I'm on the under as well. I'm just, uh, I don't know. It's one of these where it's just mainly because of the division they're in, where I just have such high hopes for the Chargers, and I just think the Chiefs are going to achieve. So, to me, them and Oakland are going to be fighting it out for that 3-4 spot. So, I'm definitely on the under for this team at 8.5. Yeah, this to me, it makes no sense that Bridgewater wouldn't be the automatic starter here. Drew Locke uh, is a loose cannon um, of an arm and a thinker who had tremendous amount of turnovers last year, who was one of the least – uh, accurate quarterbacks in the NFL who um, cost his team opportunities to win as often as he would get them back into a game with heroics. They were a common team for us, Simon, to bet because we knew the number was always wrong and it was based on public perception. And yet they still found ways to consistently break our heart. Um, and in Bridgewater, you get a guy who's good enough to take advantage of the talent, to take advantage of Cortland Sutton coming back, to take advantage of Jerry Judy, who can probably be a superstar in this league. And Noah then Fan. And, right, and Noah Fan. And then like in Vic Fangio, you've got a coach. I am surprised he wouldn't want to have a quarterback who isn't going to lose him games. Given how defensive-oriented he is, given the fact they'll have Von Miller back, given the fact they've improved their defensive backfield – it makes no sense to me that Drew Locke would even be in this conversation. So I would bet Bridgewater at plus 120. And if I thought he was, if I thought he was going to start, I'd be a little more comfortable betting the over, but it's a stay away from me. 
What do you think of that breakdown, folks? We loved it, Chad. You're the best. Thank you. Uh, Simon, you think the, uh, I love that you knew exactly what I was looking for. And you said it in a way that's almost like, honestly, that's how my kids and my wife say it to me when I'm looking for some kind of just a pat in the back. It's just like, yeah, just say he's the best and let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Simon, you think this might be the best preseason quarterback bet on the board. Explain yourself. Yeah, this one in the 49ers, my two favorite situations. So for here, I think it's one of these where people just love Jameis. Um, I love him, too. He was just so much fun to watch that year. He went 30-30. Like, we'll never see that again. 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns. It's just a magical, magical thing that he did. Especially the fact that he ended that year on a pick six was just, I mean, truly chef's kiss. Um, Yeah. Honestly, the Winston, the more I've watched videos of him and even his interviews, he just seems so much more mature than his time in Tampa, the way he talks and everything. I, I, I am swaying a little bit, but for me, the value is still so insane where it's, it's plus, I think we gave it out plus 240. Um, the fact that Taysom Hill could be the week one starter. So for me, it's one of those where I just see Sean Payton running a two, a two system, a two QB kind of offense where it, it, he doesn't really know either. Like he's going to, he's waiting for one of them to win the job. And to me, I could see, Winston making the mistakes in preseason or even practice where that he wouldn't be the week one starter that Taysom Hill could just be the first series. He could be the starter. So there's just a lot of things that point to it. Cause even, I mean, the coaches talk in the red zone, Taysom Hill is probably gonna be the quarterback for most red zone possessions. That's how he likes to run that offense. And it's all pointing to that. Just the fact that it's like, we just talked about Denver without it's plus plus one twenty for each quarterback to be the week one starter. This feels like it should be the same thing. This feels like a true toss-up between Winston and Hill. They're both getting paid money. I think Hill's actually making more money. So it's just one of those where it's really interesting where the public perception is everyone loves Winston. So everyone's betting Winston where it, no one really knows. Even Sean Payne doesn't know. He says it's an open competition right now. So for me, I still love that value of plus 220. How are you seeing it, Samantha? Yeah, it's a really frustrating situation. Uh, I think on DraftKings right now, Winston, to take the Saints' first snap is – uh, minus 140 and then no is plus 110. Uh, so you're right. I think a lot of people do think that Winston should be the guy. It's it's frustrating because I think Sean Payton is a, a literal mastermind with an offense, but it's frustrating to see him also shoehorn Taysom Hill into situations that I don't think necessarily are best in the best interest for the Saints. Um, I mean, Hill was the starter with Drew Brees out last season. I think he went three and one in those four starts. Um, but I think that Jameis Winston, especially for fantasy football, gives that team uh, a lot more dynamic, a lot more dynamic aspects. He's going to be a gunslinger. He's thrown for 5,000 yards in the past. And that's really going to bolster guys like Michael Thomas and especially Alvin Kamara, who kind of took a huge hit when Taysom Hill was in there. It's a tricky one. So much is dependent on that team and how they perform in that division. It's such a strange division after the box. Like, are you buying the Falcons? Are you buying the Panthers? I was going to tell you, Chad, we might become an Atlanta Falcons podcast. Just I'm trying hard not to be be that guy. We're gonna get the divisional things, but whoo, the more I look at it, the more I'm starting to love Atlanta chat. It's bad. Oh my God. Well, look, it's bad. Well, here's the thing. We talked about the Colts and the Titans earlier in the show. 
in the AFC South. And we were both very down on the Titans for a variety of reasons. But I do think we believed one of those reasons was because Arthur Smith was leaving. That's the main reason. And he had done a lot of good things with Ryan Tannehill. And if you believe that the Titans are going to be worse because he is leaving, then part of you has to believe the Falcons will be better because of his arrival. And I understand that there's a difference from being offensive coordinator, working closely with your, your quarterback and having Derrick Henry to being the head coach and sort of a team that, that, that seems to have no heart, but um, he still is a guy who's going to be able to help Matt Ryan and help influence what could be one of the best offenses in the NFL. No, it's really tricky. It's really, they're the same exact team Tennessee was last year. Atlanta was going to have one of the worst defenses in all of football with one of the best offenses. So it's going to be truly interesting to see. We've seen Matt Ryan, his career year was with Kyle Shanahan. We'll see if he can work the magic once again. And uh, if an uh, offensive genius can turn Matt Ryan into an MVP again. Samantha, how are you grading Matt Ryan right now? I, I will say he's another one. I looked at the odds on FanDuel to see where he was to throw for the most yards because I already liked Calvin Ridley for most receiving yards. And Matt Ryan was about 12 to 1 or 14 to 1. Yeah, he is consensus ranked as QB 14 right now. That's in a tier with Stafford, Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, like that kind of vicinity. I think he has a lot more upside than some of those guys. So I'm higher and more bullish on him than I think other people are. I think a lot of people are seeing this attraction of Julio Jones and kind of what you said in terms of like that team just like lacking direction and heart. Um, but I think that they're going to be a really good offense because their defense is bad too. It's going to keep the offense quite busy. And um, I'm super excited about Kyle Pitts um, from a fantasy perspective and an actual NFL perspective. So yeah, they lost Julio Jones, but they also got a generational talent in Kyle Pitts. We assume, right? We assume. <laughs> yes. We don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know what he's going to We can only hope. Like, <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. We can only predict. That's what we do. But the lack of a heart thing, I, I think, is really a big deal. And it has spanned several different coaches. And I say this as a very specific criticism. The constant has been Matt Ryan. I'm not saying the guy isn't courageous in the pocket. I'm not saying he's not competitive. I'm not saying that he's not incredibly talented. But I do think here's a guy who's not probably not going to go in the Hall of Fame yet have end up being the guy with the most yards ever to not be in the Hall of Fame. And throughout his career, consistently, this has been a team that overperforms and then all of a sudden underperforms. And we saw that in microcosmic view in the Super Bowl. And it has continued to be true since they lost that Super Bowl. I don't know how this team ever gets back to the quality of the team that it once was um, with him at quarterback. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely one of those where I was driving the train that they should move on from him and draft a quarterback at number four. Cause like you just said, Matt Ryan, he, he just seemed like a guy that put together a couple of great seasons, but he was never a great quarterback. Like it, it was never really that you feared Matt Ryan coming to play your team, Matty Ice. So it, it's definitely interesting to me that they have a, an owner who's just so loyal to this guy that he's just going to keep it, keep it going where to me, they're in the perfect spot to start the rebuild. So for this is it. I mean, 
maybe they'll give him another year after this, but it seems like this is one or two years left of Matt Ryan, like down there in Atlanta. So he, he really does need to show up this year. All right. Last topic. I want to get to the hall of fame game, but before we do that, uh, Samantha backfields, obviously vitally important in the fantasy space. Give me the backfields you are avoiding in fantasy right now. Yeah. The top one that I'm avoiding is the lions. That's, spearheaded by DeAndre Swift and then Jamal Williams and Jamar Jefferson. Uh, Swift finished as RB20 and half PPR last season, which is good, not great for a rookie season. Um, But that whole offense, I just think there's a really strong chance that it is not great. It's an anemic offense and he's got a lot of competition. Jamal Williams finished as RB38 backing up Aaron Jones in Green Bay. So that's going to be a number of touches kind of taken away from him. And then they also drafted a guy in the seventh round. So I think they're also going to be trailing frequently. It's a backfield that I'm not excited about. DeAndre Swift is one of my biggest bust candidates, which is sad as a Georgia fan. (laughs) Uh, Do you know why? Do you know why the offense is anemic? They have no receivers and their quarterback is Jared Goff. I mean, you could take it literally, but I would say it's because they're too heavy on a diet of eating kneecaps and everyone knows kneecaps are low in iron. Sorry. I did not realize that was a setup for a joke. No one did. No one did, but Chad, but I got it there. I got it there. I do want to put out there. I have uh, the lines. They are the, one of the top or bottom three worst teams in football. They actually have a top five offensive line. So. Sneaky, sneaky team that has a crazy good offensive line. I don't know which out of those running backs is going to be good, but one running back is definitely going to pop there. That That's a team that's going to be able to run the ball because they just have – I mean, they seriously may have the biggest O-line in football. Like, that's what they wanted to do. They just wanted to have a huge O-line, and that's what they have. So it's definitely interesting to hear her talk about that because I've been looking in drafts too, and I have no idea who to take. They just have three all pretty much the same running backs that do different things, though. So it, it's interesting she, that she said that she's avoiding it because I am too. Well, look, we can all agree that other than the Lions and Simon, you and I have talked about this a lot. You could give me any number on the Houston Texans and I'm taking their under win total. It's four, right? It's four. <laughs> uh, we got it at and, four and a half, thank God. But yeah, it's four. honestly, if it were at three and a half, I'd probably take it. Uh, how do you feel about their backfield? Oh, God. I'm, this whole team is a stay away for me. Uh, it's got David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and Rex Burkhead. And there's not one guy in that group, even if they were on another team, that I would be super excited about drafting. And the fact that they're all together on one team, on a team that's kind of rife with dysfunction, we have really no idea what is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. He did not report to the first day of padded practice today. Um, so he apparently has some kind of foot injury as well. And then also obviously the looming uh, legal troubles. So yeah, that's that's just a kind of stay away from me altogether. Brandon Cooks is the only guy that's like a sort of intriguing thing, but like who's going to be throwing to him? Like Davis Mills? I don't know. That's not exciting to me. Yeah, people, please stop drafting Watson. He He is not... He's not playing like they literally had him out there playing special like uh, defense as like a guy yeah. that was just standing out there. So it's <laughs> one of those where, yeah, he says his foot hurts because he can, he can't not go there. So basically the NFL made a rule that if you don't show up, they can find you 50K and there's no way the team paying that off. You have to pay it. So that's what everyone's waiting for. You're waiting for him to say, you know, my foot hurts. And they're like, OK, just go in the training room every day for the next two months. So it's one of those where 
He's not playing. Please stop drafting Deshaun Watson thinking you're getting a late round value. He, he's not worth it. Yeah, I don't think the reporting thing was actually like that big of a deal. He was taking fourth team reps. And like you said, he was literally like a stand in defensive back. So not uh, super encouraging. A train wreck of a team headed for a dumpster fire that is situated on top of a nuclear power plant <laughs> that is melting down. That right there is the Houston Texans franchise. Samantha, give me one more backfield on a team that some of us otherwise might think is a sleeper pick to win the NFC. Hmm. I assume you're talking about the 49ers. The 49ers! (laughs) Yeah, the 49ers, I think, have a lot of components for actual you know, NFL and winning games, but their backfield is quite the headache. Kyle Shanahan has commitment issues, doesn't loves to use the committee to start with. Mostert can't stay healthy. Um, when he's on the field, I think he can give you RB2 flex numbers, but they also drafted Trey Sermon and they got Wayne Gallman and Jeff Wilson and a lot of guys. And like last season, it was one of the biggest headaches. It was like Jamichael Hasty is the guy. And then I don't know, Jarek McKinnon, who literally Kyle Shanahan said had tired legs and they were not going to use him and then he gets 20 carries. So it's one of the most unpredictable backfields. Uh, Everyone likes to talk about the Patriots as like the worst team for fantasy, but the 49ers backfield is up there for sure. So that's a that's a stay away for me. Simon, is that why I should be worried about betting the 49ers to win the NFC West? That's a bad bet as is, but a smart bet if you love value, Chad. Um, again, hear me out. I'm going to say a lot of crazy stuff in this preseason, but some of it's going to hit. Believe me, 120 to one Trey Lance to win MVP. Are you with me, Chad? 120 to one. So I'm literally, it sounds crazy, but I did it with RG three who fun fact, Kyle Shanahan was his OC and RG three, I believe came third in voting. He won rookie of the year, but he came third in MVP vote. So I had a nice little hedge opportunity at 101 and RG3 the year he made that run. So 121, Trey Lance. Because, again, I think people are drinking the Jimmy G Kool-Aid. Everything I read out of uh, 49ers camp, it sounds like Trey Lance. He's leading the race right now in that QB battle. So I I think you're getting really good value there, 120 to 1. I'm in, Simon. Give me (laughs) 10 Gs at 120 to 1 on Trey Lance to win MVP. I am all in. Uh, One of our friends on FanDuel, 121. Is is anybody going to bet on uh, the Hall of Fame game? Yeah, so I just checked FanDuel. Uh, They haven't put it up yet, but I love uh, doing like first half bets. And it's mainly based on the quarterbacks. So I just saw Mason Rudolph will be the starting quarterback for the Steelers against who cares for the Cowboys. Like whoever the backup for the Cowboys, I promise you is going to be worse than Mason Rudolph. So I'm going to be taking Steelers first half. The line's not up yet, but whatever the number is, I'll be taking Steelers first half. We already know we're going in on Steelers first half. First bet of the year. (laughs) I wonder what Mike Tomlin is going to say about that. I love the false enthusiasm. I'm going to see if we can make one of you guys quit today. It's good to be back. Samantha, are you going to, are you going to pay any attention to the hall of fame game? 
Probably not. I don't even think we're going to see Dak Prescott now. So I think that was a big storyline was that that was the first time we were going to see him after he had a mangled ankle. So it was going to be at least something, but we're not going to see him and they're probably just not going to play a lot of the first team guys. So for fantasy purposes, I'm not interested Um, for betting purposes, I guess, bet the first half. So. Way to go. Now Samantha's all in. We got a grouper going. Matt Mitchell's going to come in too, and we're all going to bet the first half. We're going to bet the Steelers. We don't care what the number is. We're going to be Mason Rudolph fans. All right. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. We will be back on Thursday. Me and Simon Hunter, we're going to start our team-by-team breakdowns for every team in the NFL starting division by division. That is what we will be doing in August. You can catch it all on The Favorites. Download the podcast from Spotify, from Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, which is Thursday. Love you. Love you.